0: I, James, founded and work for HPI, but do not represent them or any of their opinions.
1: Welcome to Season 9, Episode 327 of the Furlough Bros Tech Podcast. Each week, we definitively answer one question about the future of tech. To do that, we take into account many factors, including the companies involved, the people working for them, their marketing campaigns, and of course, the technology they're developing. I'm Matthew Dean Furlough, and making $192 million in his opening box office this weekend is my brother, James Furlough.
0: At the risk of completely hijacking today's podcast, um, I did not watch Black Panther. What? But, because it finally came out on iTunes, I did watch Justice League. That came out on iTunes. And it's amazing. I absolutely loved it. Um, well, by you, far, hey, one of my hey, favorite movies in a long time. Hey, first off,
1: you should have waited until the center of the thing, because we got an ad coming for the DCCU later. Oh, do we? So chill out. Oh, look at that. Back up. At, at that. That, <laughs> that was going to be this funny thing I was going to do. We we're talking about, you know, it's going to be good.
0: A, a no, recall I, well, we, you know what? It was good enough. We can do it. We'll do it twice. All right. Um, cool. I finally watched it. It's awesome. I don't understand he's gonna, like he's people blow, I'm talking to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Um, I just, I said, I was at the, risk of, racist of, at the risk of, uh, hijacking it. Um, the movie was, was really good. It was made for me, which I'm a DC fan and, um, man, it was good. Have you seen it? I don't no. know. No, I, I recommend you watch it. I will. I was waiting for it to come out on iTunes. It's out on iTunes. Um, Yeah, I just thought it was super well done. Um, Thoroughly entertained. Um, I now own it. It's fantastic. It's funny, like, Marvel's starting to get a little like, all right, guys, finish up with the the Avengers thing. You know, it's kind of like we've been going on for a while. And I know it's like it's coming out this year, and I got to be patient. But I'm also like, man, there's been a lot of movies. I feel like it's creating a huge time investment, and... And there's just been a few where I'm like, they're good. Yeah, they've all been number one box office hits. Congratulations. But I'm also like, all right, I'm, I'm ready for something a little new and a little different. And, man, DC provided in spades. And, oh, it's good.
1: That's interesting because everybody hated that movie.
0: <laughs> I know. I don't know why. No, I, here's what box I, office disappointment. <laughs> here's, here's, what I, here's what I know why is because they made the movie for the comic book fans whereas what marvel has done is they've said we're going we're not we're going to ignore the comics we're just going to make good movies and we're actually going to we're we're going to explain the universe to people and we're going to try to pull them we're we're making the movies for people who don't watch comics whereas you can tell the dc movie was totally like made by and for comic book nerds like um i don't think I'll be spoiling anything for you here but um uh, it follows like the ethos of the Justice League like perfectly from the comics. Like For example, um, in the comics, they never take themselves too seriously. For whatever reason, yeah, the world's falling apart, but no big deal. And part of it, here's the interesting part, is when they first came out on television, um, it was during a time period where you couldn't actually show people fighting. That just wasn't allowed. So the Justice League was always about fighting like, natural disasters. Mm. and things like that. Like they would punch a tornado and they're like, we had to come up with these really weird creative things. And so you just have fun with it. And so there was a lot of comedy in it. And um, again, I'm not spoiling anything, but uh, so the movie has that to it. And here's the other thing is, and this is a big difference, I think between Marvel and justice league, a big part of the justice league was the, the league would go out and find new superheroes. And that was how they got introduced into the DC world was through the Justice League. And it was through the Justice League you would get the the origin story of them. And then they would go off and create their own spin-off. Whereas Marvel, they obviously they did it opposite, right? Oh, you got all these heroes who are kind of on their own independent journey and then they come together at the end for some big battle. Just just like has historically been opposite. And so when you know that kind of stuff, you're like, oh, I think it's cool that they're introducing Cyborg and The Flash and Aquaman instead of them doing their own independent, because that's like one of the big criticisms I've heard is like, oh, you should do the independent, like bring them together. It's like, no, you... You know, it's fascinating it's about not, this conversation. Ah, just, I'm just sitting here and listening,
1: listening, but I listen to uh, way too many comic book, like guys at po- comic book podcasts. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like super fans and completely different tone. I've heard like, I've heard I've the light, they like the movie, but a lot of it is... Because they're like, it's fun and dumb and it's fine. <laughs> you know? And they're like, it's fine. I I watched that's it. That's the Justice time, League. But there's no like there's no this there's nothing it's not yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. That's interesting. Because I would actually go out on a limb and say that um <clears throat> that the Black Panther is <sighs> I can't I'm actually not gonna say it. Never mind. Did you see it? I did. I saw it on Saturday. I liked it.
0: You and most everybody else in the U.S. apparently. Know, right? $192
1: million? <laughs> Crazy. Not
0: bad, shit. not bad. I'm sure it was a good movie. Look, Disney does a fantastic job of making movies. They get it. I'm, this is not to diminish Marvel in any way. I'm just saying it's a good movie.
1: Hey, quick question. Do you have any idea how long we've been talking? <laughs> yeah,
0: five minutes and 47 well, seconds. Okay, gotcha. All right, cool.
1: <laughs> All right um, hijack
0: over back to the main <laughs> that's all right so yeah
1: the real reason we're here james uh, uh
0: so i just question, had to get that out of the way
1: so the question that i want to ask this uh this this week um is what's the difference between a disruptive redesign um and a or sorry a disruptive innovation and a tone deaf redesign uh, we've got a couple of different things that are going on this week i think the big one is snapchat has gained about half of its value back which is exciting <laughs> Half job. the value it's lost it's gained back because it's of its innovative redesign james it's changing it's 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 taking the world by storm
0: um, amazing i know i wouldn't yeah, know I, since i deleted it on my phone
1: i know i actually had to look up what the redesign was because i couldn't I've, I've got like so i'm like I don't, I don't know what that means about this show the fact that neither one of us are using the product and We don't have any sense, but I read some stuff.
0: Means we're too old.
1: I don't know that that's the case. (laughs) Well, it's not. Well, I actually don't know that that's the case because most of the people that I know that use the heaviest are are as old, if not older than me. Huh. Um. Man, that just means I might know old people, but (laughs) at the very least, you think Um, old? That's your problem. There we go. Yeah, boring. Um. Yeah, I just, uh, anyways, um, so that's one. Yeah. So that's, that's one of them. Um, Barnes and Nobles, uh, fired a bunch of people this, this week. Um, Oops. one of the, you know, which isn't necessarily something, but what's interesting about it is, um, uh, On Monday, the company laid off 1,800. Oh, I hate autoplay ads or autoplay videos. Uh, The worst. The worst. Um, This uh, on Monday, the company laid off 1,800 people. This uh, offered a cost savings of 40 million, but that's uh, but that's particularly interesting. That means each of the people made an average of 22,000 or so per year, and minimum wage workers, hourly folks who are usually hit hardest during post-holiday downturns would be making $15,000 a year. In fact, what Barnes & Nobles did was fire full-time employees at 781 uh, stores from a former employee. On Monday morning, every single Barnes & Noble location told their full-time employees to back up and leave. Eliminated positions were as follows the head cashiers, uh, the receiving managers, digital leads, newsstand leads, people responsible. So this is not being announced as a redesign, but... I would argue that it is they they're doing it for cost-saving reasons but they're basically changing what the website what the, the company does um, in a pretty significant way trying to reduce costs so that they can stay competitive with yeah Martin and Amazon and the rest of the digital world um, and then you've got an example that if you want to get yeah a,
0: so a people have been and we've been in this camp too. have been beating up Apple for their yeah. software problems. And, um, Stephen Sanofsky, who was, uh, think what was he the head of windows at Microsoft or he was something important at Microsoft. Um, he wrote a very long tweet storm and then compiled it all in a single place uh, about it. And, um, and it was very interesting, one of the, some of the things that he talked about, and we'll just, we'll kind of jump in before we go back to bashing Snapchat, but um, he was saying one of the problems that, um, he says, he said a couple things. The first one, he says that the more product is used, the more hypersensitive people get to how it works. Mm-hmm. So the human brain is extraordinary in how it recognizes even the slightest changes in responsiveness, performance, and the sequencing of operations. And so he said, it's incredible how even the smallest changes can become disorienting. We used to say um, how this was rooted in primordial instinct for survival, the ability to spot a tiger in the grass, that might jump about and eat us. Um, that same ability to detect small changes drives us nuts on computers. And, and one of the things he says about Apple is he's like, look, Apple has the same bug ratio as everybody else. He's like, what was interesting is that scale, because what happens to... of people is a lot of people for Apple. He's like, we'll fill a stadium full of people for Apple. And so he's like, so a small bug for a small percentage of people is actually a very large number of people. And because it's a device that we use all the time, we're hypersensitive already to begin with, which just exacerbates a problem, which gives a perception that Apple has a software problem. It's like, he goes, but in reality, they're normal. <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, we had these same issues. We just weren't as big as them. And it <laughs> wasn't, and our product wasn't used as much. Um, it's a good problem to have, but he goes, and as a result, they are now reorganizing and fixing things to try to prevent some of that. But he's like, but we're in unprecedented territory. Um, in That's reality. an interesting yeah. observation. From a presumed competitor. Right. I mean, it's not, yeah, 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 he doesn't, he, yeah, he goes, I like, I'm an outsider. I just happen to be very knowledgeable of what it's like to have a high volume. Software yeah. product.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I, and, and so, you know, to, let's bring it back around to the, the which standpoint. again, it's like, so some of
0: the, yeah, yeah, go
1: ahead. Bring it around to the like, disruption
0: versus tone deaf.
1: Yeah, so so one of the things is, and, and this is the the bigger idea, you know, I'm I kind of want to bounce on because as much fun as it is to just bash on Snapchat, I don't oh, it think, is fun. I don't think they've proved they've done anything wrong
0: yet. Um, I agree. And anything, if anything, it's like maybe they're headed in the right direction.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the, and the example I want to give is the, the comparison, compare contrast is the Facebook newsfeed redesigns versus right? Dig V four. Dig V four. Legendarily (laughs) legendarily (laughs) killed the website. Whereas Facebook went through multiple redesigns of the newsfeed that every time they changed it would drive people mad. There'd be these. Every year they'd announce uh, new features and new redesigns and people would go nuts and get. I'm going to quit Facebook. I'm going to be over with it. And it would spur growth.
0: I think it was at one point in time they had one of those. what are what are they like the community petition things? The petition.org or I forget what the website is. they like over a million people petitioning them just over the the timeline redesign.
1: Oh, this is gonna come back around because guess guess who's got a change.org petition going. Yeah, on.
0: yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm not surprised, but again, it was like there's a part of me that's like, you know, if you got a million people and you're talking about the size of a platform where you have multiple millions of people that's actually not bad. It's a small, again, it's like, this weird. It's a small percentage. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and, you know, I think what's interesting is that it's,
1: well, yeah. So, so so dig V4 is this fascinating thing, right? Because, because it was this, the pace at which like the, the problem with a, with a platform like dig for those of you who don't know, because it's now internet history. dig was, Uh. dig was a, the, was actually bigger than Reddit. They were pretty close competitors, but dig was more successful. Very similar platforms, very similar concepts. Um, yep. You could upvote content, you could upvote, upvote comments, um, and it was sort of this crowdsource collaborative was the most popular thing. Dig wanted to, to change how they were, their platform, and orient to your feed would be constructed of a much smaller network of people that you chose to connect with, to follow, and... So it would still be the wisdom of the crowd, but it would be focused on a smaller group of people that you really cared about. Um, And that way, the idea would be that it would be more tuned to your individual tastes. And so everybody would get a different-
0: um, Which on the surface sounds awesome. Yeah, well it's the Facebook news feed. I mean, that's what they were trying to build. Or it's like it's Twitter if you just had the news article headlines.
1: Exactly. And this and this idea was they did one other thing that I think was a was a major faux pas, which was they got rid of the bury button. They got rid of the the ability to, to hide to, to <laughs> a couple faux pas, but yeah. Well, and that that one was such a big one because from a functional perspective that didn't need to go away. But it was a perceptual one they were trying to change your perception of the community and like this idea we're not into negative stuff which facebook they never introduced the down thumb for um the thumbs down for the exact same reason but facebook just never introduced it whereas dig took it away and they were like look it didn't do anything anyways it was just a pressure relief that people could feel good about like we didn't you could hide
0: comments though that was, well, I mean,
1: that was it. Was about, dude, hiding comments. You say, well, and that was actually their response. They said hiding comments has the same effect as downvoting stuff. Except the thing goes away, and we look at the algorithm the same way. It feeds in that, that functionality is still there. But people are like, no, I like downvoting things, <laughs> and um, I like cathartic. burying stuff exactly. And um, and what was so you had these two big redesign factors, and and then the real problem I think was that Reddit was such a close competitor. Um, that it, 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 it was able to take the people who were, who were sharing between the two because they were sort of had similar content and similar you know, phases and stuff, um, similar type of platform. People could go back and forth. Yeah. And what happened was as people went to Reddit, Reddit started to blow up and content slowed on Dig. Which, so the first round of people who were really temperamental just went to Reddit full time, the first 5%. That slowed down content. So the next 5% were like, well, content's kind of slowing down. And I heard, and I, I use Reddit occasionally, so I'll use it more. It took about a month and a half for somebody like me to finally go, look, this is terrible. I don't get any good stuff anymore. Where do yeah. I go? I'm going to check out this Reddit place that everybody's been telling me about. And... Um, Whereas, you know, with Facebook, when they did their redesigns, there wasn't really an alternative. There wasn't anything. I actually think that's the biggest threat that Snapchat has. They probably would be completely fine, except that Snapchat or that Instagram is pretty threatening from in the same way that Reddit was threatening. The biggest difference being that Reddit couldn't handle the load of extra people and they were really unstable for... For like a year and a half after after that, because they they were just they couldn't. It was hard for them to grow with the enormous number of users that came over. Yeah. Whereas Instagram, that's like that's what they 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 do that for lunch. Like whatever.
0: They're they're trying to figure out how to grow faster.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, their system can handle the the traffic. Um, they're trying to figure out how to get more people into it. Um, I I think that's Snapchat's biggest danger because they they suffer from the same issue. It's these creators, if they all of a sudden have, if the creators have a better opportunity that they can spend their time on commenting and interacting with their users, and it's Instagram, they'll go there. They'll spend more time there if that's where they're gonna get more action. And users, if they're gonna get more likely to have interactions with the content creators on Instagram, they'll go there and it has a feedback system. That being said, you know, if you're, if you're, if your platform's struggling, you know, if you're, if you're like, I think Barnes and Noble is an interesting one because it's like, they didn't have a choice. They were running out of money. They needed to save $40 million a year. So they needed yeah. to, they know that this redesign that they're going through isn't the end goal. All it is is extending the runway while they figure out how do we survive in, in Amazon's world. And I don't think they have a good answer for that. <laughs> But I, I unfortunately, because I, I love the store growing up, um, you know, but one of the examples for them that they give is the fact that they, uh, you know, that one of the people that they fired anecdotally was a dude who did like kids corner things where kids would come in and you read stories to them and dress up and stuff. Yeah, like those are the sort of employees that made at Barnes and Noble like a community center library-esque where people could go and get coffees and the kids could play around and people could, you know, serve books and stuff. That's why it was fun is because of the, the overall experience of being there with other people and all the different things they had available. That was their core competency. And now they're getting rid of that because they can't afford it because nobody buys books there. And
0: I wonder how much it was like, honestly, it was Starbucks that killed them and not just Amazon because they were kind of like, the coffee hangout spot before starbucks came along
1: well yeah and and it had the double-edged sort of starbucks came in and they were like you know the starbucks did their thing in in barnes noble and seattle's best did their thing in um in borders and those coffee shops came in and kind of yeah, that's symbiotic. You could get that same experience someplace else if you wanted to be an aspiring writer writer with your MacBook Pro. Yeah. Um, you know, and drink in the coffee shop, you drink at the bookstore coffee shop, and then you moved on. And
0: that's so interesting. Like, what is your core competency? What are you willing to outsource to someone else versus say, no, this is important that we own it? I think like like HP has decided it's not important for us to have a storefront. Yeah. Whereas Apple has and Microsoft's kind of in this weird hybrid like yeah kind of and yeah. and it's kind of like is that important and I think like that's like with with Barnes & Noble it's like man you know what the coffee that could have been your thing I and think
1: that Barnes- could you
0: imagine if you had a Barnes & Noble coffee shops that just so happen to have bookshelves around
1: well I mean that yeah, could have worked I I've, I have long thought that that's what they should have done, it, it makes me sad that that's not what they did. Um, before we get too far, James, our, we've got an ad.
0: Yeah, and then they, I want to share an HP story.
1: Because they need to help, James, this uh, this ad, this show is being brought to you by the DC CU, the DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, the best universe. They don't, literally. I'm a fanboy. Black, Black Panther has made more money than. See,
0: see, I got it's, it right here. Just, it's fine. Just ready to grab.
1: It's fine, Black Panther has made more money then
0: i got i got some action comics i'm i'm legit i uh yeah
1: dude it's it's not good if you're a
0: fan of superman or wonder woman or batman i highly recommend you go watch you download turns out this
1: isn't a fun make fun of them
0: thing this is an actual ad sorry sorry it just so happened i watched it the other day and went this is fantastic (laughs) I, <laughs> yeah, that's.
1: Hey, you know what? Sorry. I'm glad, you
0: know like, what? I, you know what?
1: Honestly, I'm- Go watch it. I'm Report a back. I'm a believer that I want every- Like, I'm, I don't have a vested interest. I want all comic book movies to be good because any, you know, if, if comic book movies- High support, tide, rises yeah, all boats. I mean, in, in this case, I, and I actually think that Disney agrees with this. They would have rather Justice League be a billion dollar movie than a $650 million movie, which barely covered costs. Probably didn't cover costs. <laughs> Um, it didn't. Its domestic run, its entire domestic total, didn't cover the cost of making the movie. That's a shame.
0: Uh, it's a good just, movie
1: because that doesn't include advertising, and ad, advertising normally doubles the budget. And so, yeah. that's pretty far from.
0: I just people are people are. Which you know what? I actually think this is an interesting like. It's obviously a different industry, but it's the same thing, right? People will have an expectation for how a comic book movie will go and for how it will build via Marvel and Disney because they kind of took the narrative on, like, here's how we do it, and clearly it's been successful. And here comes DC along going, we're going to do it differently. And people go, whoa, that's a little different than what I'm used to. I don't like it. Change.org. or What is it? Petition change. What is it? Change.org. Change.org. Petition change.com. I don't know. Whatever. Dot blog And um, I just, like... <laughs> I think, I feel like, like it's that same thing where people, it's a good movie, but because of all these prior expectations they've had, they go, whoa, no, it's not good. I hate it. And, and it's like, because of it's, we've gotten this weird culture of like, that's your option. It's either a thumbs up or a thumbs down. See, I'm tying it all together there's none of this like you know what they're both good in their own different ways yeah honestly it's funny one of the reasons i
1: was struggling with this topic tonight and i didn't really want to talk about it too much because i i didn't want it to be like a super negative like you know make fun of snapchat all night like i I, because I, we could and they might deserve it but i feel like we've done um, it enough this i'd say this year. <laughs> you You know, yeah yeah but they, like seriously how many times can you hit the same topic whereas i think the more interesting question is how does a company like like, what does Snapchat need to do to grow again? To turn it around? Are they? They had that, to do something. You know.
0: You know, exactly. and I. I'm, know. I'm gonna I'm gonna half bring this in just because I think it's important because it comes back to that, the the overall question of the difference between disruptive innovation and tone deaf redesigns. Because HP went through this, and um, I've I probably have told this story at the very beginning of this podcast, like episode ten, um, but it's worth repeating and um, it's a fascinating case study because HP recorded everything apparently because I don't, I don't know why, but uh, they were looking to come up with some new laptops. And this is, the, this is one of my favorite stories in tech. It's such a know. classic, oh, it's yeah. such a classic where they were like, okay, They talked to their engineers, of course, and engineers were like, everyone wants things thin, light, and they want the battery to last forever.
1: Which sounds reasonable. I I think we'd all agree. there, right? Yeah.
0: And so HP was like, moving forward. So they came up with some concept designs and thankfully someone really smart was like, hey, we should focus group this. And it was really what they were trying to decide was what's more important, thin, light, or extra long battery. They're like, which of the three should we optimize for? Right. And because they're like, you know, if you get the extra long battery, it's not going to be as thin or as light, and and whatever. Um, and so, uh, so what they did was they were talking about. They had this focus group, and they said, okay, we've got this first one where we remove the speakers and we remove the optical drive, and you know, we we've done all these things, and and they were asking all these questions and and trying to really dive into like what's. Like, how can we get this as thin as possible and, and optimize the battery life? And what if we like, what I was like, what if we get rid of color on the screen? I mean, it was like crazy, like things. And, and it was about halfway through someone was like, wait, like, so if I don't, if, if I don't have speakers, how do I, how do I listen to music? Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, well, there's still a headphone jack. You can plug it in and listen to it. They're Like, but so I'd have to have headphones to listen to music. Like, well, Yeah. Cause you want it thin and light. Okay. And then it was like, what if I'm, and then it was like, you could do the, uh, they had like the whole module thing. I don't yeah. know if you remember those days. We were like, they're like, so if you could, you'd have your, your CD module. Cause it wasn't a DVD. It was like your CD module. And they're like, okay, but what if I, what if I want to save a file to a flash or a flash drive, a floppy disk. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well you would take out that module and put in the new one. And then, You'd save it, like so. If I was listening to music, I'd have to stop listening to my music to save the file. And they're like, "Yeah," and you'd have these things you'd carry around with you in your bag, but your computer would be thin and light and have an extra long battery life. And someone was like, "Well, could I really would like to have speakers?" Yeah, and, and they're like, "Okay, well, you're gonna give give up your thinness," and and someone was like. I'd really like to be able to, again, like listen to music and be able to save stuff. And it was like with this progression where it got to the end, like the conclusion was they wanted every single feature. And they were, in order to get all of them, they were okay with an extra heavy, large, low battery laptop. Like the exact opposite of like having all the features and having the convenience of everything in one was what they wanted. And it was just like HP Dodge is a huge bullet (laughs) on that one because they started out with this tone-deaf, redesign listening to what their internals because again on the surface it totally makes sense but thankfully they talked to people and got done and went oh no we need to rethink these designs and and they literally had like these like cardboard mock-ups and people were like putting all the features together and stacking up these big things and they're like yeah i want that let's get all the features um this is crazy story and i think like that's so hard to do because you get a thing like like Snapchat or Digiv four where it's like you're you're not really gonna release it to the world ahead of time because you kind of want the yay big splash we did this thing and there's the whole like Henry Ford had I asked people what they wanted they would have said better boogie whips you know there's yeah. like there's belief of like customers really don't know what they want until they see it and you do see the the apparent success of Facebook where it's like look. They, They just did it and yeah, they had some reactions, but, uh, 2 billion users tells like they made the right bet. I think, right. (laughs) And who knows? Maybe they'd be 5 billion by now. Um, it's hard to tell. So like, so I get (laughs) where that is and it's super hard to do and um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know for companies like Snapchat and, and then, and then again, like we were talking about with Apple, you were talking about companies with a scale and a size that it's like, even if you just have a small fraction of every people, it amounts to a big number, a newsworthy number where you go a million people. Oh my gosh. Hate this update. Well, yeah, but we have like 24 million that visit a month. Like right. what it what's a million you know, right like, yeah and honestly again
1: those are actually dive hard fans they're complaining they're right. so invested that they're going to try to take time to make enough noise the, the people you're terrified of losing are the 20 million people or the 10 million people who yeah instagram's fine
0: <laughs>
1: right but those are the scary ones because that those were the people that killed dig it was those medium users who who were someone engaged, but we're fine just going somewhere else. And when well, it's
0: hard to like, to, you got to recognize what's that secret sauce. What's that thing that you can't give up? Like I heard, and I don't know how true this is, but for a lot, I know it's, or how pervasive it is is what I really should say for a lot of people, their Snapchat, um, streaks got erased, reset. Yeah. And people were just like crushed because their hope is in something I, I not pers- good.
1: Yeah, I personally think that that was a, it's a horrible idea for, for, for Snapchat, you know?
0: Well, I think, I think that's one thing where you're like, dude, if I knew that if I had a streak going and you killed it on me, i go, well, let me see what Instagram looks like.
1: Well, honestly- Because I'd be it, so
0: upset every time I opened the app knowing it, that I lost that streak.
1: It's funny. I would, well, yeah, I would be really upset, especially because I didn't do it. It wasn't was my fault. I didn't lose. Right.
0: But like, I didn't forget.
1: I'm gonna say, but then, but then I do have times where it's like I have a streak going in a game or something because it's like I got different, different like Sudoku. You know, how many yeah. games can I go without a loss? And you start getting into like 100, 150 games. Like it takes me weeks and weeks and weeks of like playing a couple times a day to get there. Yeah, And then all of a sudden I lose it and it like I mess up one game and I will just like, I guess I'm going to go try a different game for a couple of weeks. And it's like, that's nobody's fault on my own, but still like, right. You, you know, it's that, that when you have
0: that sort of feedback, just to do that to everybody at once. I, I think that's the danger. I, really I had, <laughs> danger. I had an app where I was tracking a streak of how often I floss and it just so happened that I, I was traveling internationally yeah. And, and I mean, I was in like, I was in the I've been going for like, it was over a year of the streak of just nice. flossing every single day and checking in and marking it off. I did it. I did it. I did it. And something weird happened where like I was traveling internationally and a time changed happened. And as a result, one of the days didn't, it got bumped to the, to the, to the, to the, to the previous day or the, the following day. And all of a sudden my streak was over and it was one of those where, like, because I was traveling internationally and wasn't, I was like half paying attention. It reset. I reached out to the company. I was like, guys, look, I'll be honest. I flossed that day. I would really like credit for flossing that day. How hard is it for you to go back into your system and give me credit for that day? I was like, you'll notice I kind of had a little bit of a streak going. And this is important to me and my dentist. And, and they yeah. went in and they fixed it. Right. And they like, did? they did. That's I was amazing. like, I was like, you guys are awesome. And, um, You know, and they made a fan for life. Um, What was interesting, though, is when I traveled to Indonesia, I was gone for three weeks and had no internet connection. That was what ended it for me. Um, Um, Because I just, I just, I went, well, you know, I can't update it. I don't feel bad about this. And I just never got back into it because the street was over.
1: I don't do, uh, I don't, I actually don't do, I don't really care about my monthly streaks on, on my Apple watch, which is not good for my health. I should care about that for my own reasons. But like, but, the, but like the maniacal I have to get every day so I can get a month award, really, really the thing that always goes back and kills me is I updated my phone. I got a new phone and, it re, and I reconnected it to my watch. And that day, one month towards the end of the month, I lost that day and it was like you know for whatever reason now I actually went into Apple and was like is there anything we can do about this and they were just like no no <laughs> there's, there's, there's just just don't do that again that's not a good solution that's not an option. <laughs> exactly and it's amazing how powerful those street things are get psych- psychologically and yeah. i don't know but it's
0: like it's, it's like this and i want to cuz i i think it comes back to the bigger answer is it's understanding your what's your confidence. secret sauce yep. what's important to people. Yeah, what's your core competency and and own it. And own it. Right. And I think if you can embrace that and make it stronger and at the very least not lose it, uh you're going to have a disruptive innovation if you're trying to change things. cuz if you that means you truly understand what's important to people. Whereas if you don't do that, it's going to look more like a tone-deaf redesign. And it was interesting from a from a polished standpoint, from a uh coded up standpoint, from a Everything else can look exactly the same. Can you tell I'm a marketer? Mm-hmm. Everything else can look exactly the same. But if you don't do that part of it, you're gonna have a dig v4. And I think yes, there's something to execution and um, things like that too. But clearly, like if you if Twitter can survive a fail whale because they got a good idea, like, you know, if you're if you're still if you're truly hitting on something that's important to people. I know, they'll be pretty forgiving.
1: Yeah, and, and to be clear, yeah. I, I think we are we are at least three months away from telling if this is a good good idea or not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To, to well, and them they're them. and they're actually they're muddying the waters because they're doing a few other things at the same yeah. time. Like they're um they're opening up their advertising platform to third parties, they're creating analytic tools for their creators. So they're doing things that are smart that they should have been doing like a long time ago. They're finally yeah. getting around to it, where you're like, that's Going to keep people
1: around. Their spike in stock has nothing to do with the redesign. Everybody that's telling you that is wrong, It has to do with the fact that they actually beat expectations for advertising because they app- they opened up new advertising like channels and stuff. Yeah, well, it that's, that's entirely, all that industry cares well, about. Exactly. Well, and that's what's that's the irony of that to me of the fact that they you know. But but that being said, like that keeps money around. That keeps money that they get infused with cash when they do that and that helps you know extend the runway and and the yeah. extend the runway and everything it's important so it's you know
0: well yeah so there you go any final thoughts i uh, any final thoughts it's okay sorry
1: don't. i don't i'm breaking up
0: no that's okay it said my internet connection was unstable so it's me not you Apparently, um, cool, so uh, the question for you is uh, what do you think the difference between disruptive innovation and a tone deaf redesign is, and uh, what do you th- do you think Snapchat is disruptive or do you think it's tone deaf um, that's what we would love to hear so with that, we'd like to say thank you for joining us. We really do appreciate it. You can check out the links to this show on furloughrows dot com slash three two seven you can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play, and we would like to say thank you to Lee Oh, I can do this, Matthew Lindley of TechCrunch, and also John Biggs of oh, TechCrunch. Look at these guys, and then finally Stephen Sanofsky at um, kind of a fun one, Learning by Shipping. So uh, thank you guys for all of your contributions. This show is sponsored by listeners just like you, and. The fantastic DC Cinematic Universe. You really should check out Justice League. Let us know what you think about that too Where you're at it. I know, multiple call to actions, my bad. And um, yeah, I am James Furlow. And my, what did you say? 90 million, is that the number? 190. 190 million dollar brother is Matthew Furlow. And so we will talk next time.